0: This podcast was recorded during the 2023 SAG After Strike. Without the labor of the actors currently on strike, the series being covered here would not exist.
1: Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fan Cast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and Neutralizer And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome back to Artie's Attic. We're a Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor currently confused on who my boss Artie really is. My name is S.P. And introducing Artie's Attic lead agent and historian who is currently planning a trip to see Jamie Murray because she misses her so much. Her name is Agent Shannon.
0: What's up, guys? That'd
1: be a good trip. Good trip. I think you're just going to have to wait a week at this point. One more week. All right. (laughs) And the rookie warehouse agent who turned traitor this week is Agent Carolyn.
2: I did not. It was the thimble's fault. I swear.
1: I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I it, was mm-hmm. yeah.
2: it, was, it was somebody else wearing the thimble. It looked like me.
1: I'm feeling that you are incorrect.
2: Well, your feelings are wrong
3: because so was sh- so she.
1: Too at jam. least that we know of right now.
3: I think it was the phrase he said
2: at the end. That's what turned her on.
1: Mm. Well, big cliffhanger. We'll get to it. In the meantime... On this show, we are continuing our discussion of the TV show that premiered four years before the launch of the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. It's (laughs) Warehouse 13, Season 1, Episode 12, McPherson. The Amazon description was, the team discovers McPherson is auctioning artifacts he's siphoned from the warehouse shelves. Pete, Mike, and Artie, track him down, ready to seal his fate. But is it all a trap? It premiered on September 21st, 2009. And Shannon, you were saying that your biggest bonus of this episode was that it gets you to the next one.
0: Well, yeah, because the beginning of the next season, we get a whole new character that comes in. So one that's going to stay with us or actually one that makes a pretty good impact on the rest of the series. So. Hey, it's not McPherson. Huh. There's a lot in this episode. There is a lot in this There's episode. When from, I- from the beginning. I mean, I think my favorite line out of the entire episode was when she's explaining to Artie and he's she's showing him what she can do on the computer and he goes to touch it. When Artie was explaining to her about what the necklace has done that, that the necklaces do that McPherson wears. Oh, yeah. About boiling his blood and she's like, dude. Yeah. It
2: was uh, it was after we saw in the beginning where we figure out why McPherson got banned from the warehouse because he's using artifacts to save someone. The first artifacts we artifact we find is the Phoenix, and it apparently allows you
1: to—is
2: it just walk through fire, or
1: survive fire? Is it just
2: survive fire? It it allows you to survive the heat. It it doesn't allow because it sounded like it allowed you to just even live through anything. Because he called them super warriors. So, well,
0: the guy that he shoved in the oven didn't. They came out. Didn't feel anything. Didn't get burned or anything. So it it allows you to survive trauma from anything.
2: True, but he was talking about it, so I was wondering if it was like survive anything. But anyway, he goes into this burning house and saves his wife. And after shooting Artie in the back with a Tesla and taking the artifact and
1: I think it was his girlfriend at the time. I don't know. Saul definitely has a way of getting shot in the face. You know, his acting of, of just his arms out to the side and, and you know, doing the shaking <laughs> and falling on the ground. He's yeah, he a pretty good. Yeah, Saul did some good acting there. I don't know if she was Carol, I believe is her, her name yeah, is right. Yes, yeah. yeah, Carol. I don't know if she was the girlfriend or the wife at that point in time, but it came out that they both had affection for her at that point in time. Yes. And Artie was willing to let her go because he knew there was cost of using the artifact from one of the fan wikis it says that the Phoenix protects the holder from direct fire at the cost of killing those nearby in exchange.
0: So we get to see that McPherson has no qualms about letting everyone else die. So he will use the artifacts to his benefit. So he might have saved the woman, but the people around all the firemen, a lot of the firemen. Died. Yeah,
2: it was like five of them died. Right. And he ended up with five life sentences because of that. Right. For
0: each one. So just like the guy when he was in the warehouse with the Chinese and the Russian guy and he pushed his own guy in, everyone who touches it gets saved by it. So, yep, their henchmen didn't touch it. So they, their bodyguards died. Yeah. So it definitely has some cause and effect
1: to it. They were just henchmen. It's fine. It's just the henchmen. <laughs> it's just
2: there the has henchmen. to be some minor collateral damage. <laughs> but yeah, while we're in the warehouse and they're both searching for McPherson online, he says that uh, there's no way that McPherson could come in because the warehouse is imbued with panite. A m- certain element that is called panite. And then McPherson was injected with something that reacts violently with the panite.
1: Yeah, it turns their blood acidic and eats through their veins when they step into the warehouse. I need to go back to the Phoenix in that beginning scene just for a second, guys, because. What were they doing with the Phoenix? They just happen to have it in the middle of a burning apartment fire good question.
2: Well, it might have been the thing that they were tasked to find on this mission, and then a fire broke out.
3: That's all I got.
0: That's a good question. Did he know the fire was going to, te- did he set it to test it, or? What? I don't know. But what about
2: then why didn't they have it in, like, some kind of goo, or one of the plastic, you know, the sheet, the sh- the little sleeve, so that it was, and he kept you know, snagged, tagged
1: it was in his hand it was only 15 years ago there were gallon ziploc bags 15 years prior to 2009
2: (laughs) but were they warehouse anti-static bags
1: i don't know if it really matters you just put the goo in and as long as it holds the goo you're okay that's that's valid
0: so i I like the part that I like the investigative part whenever Pete and Micah and, and Artie go to, what was her name's Carolyn, right? Go to Carolyn's house. Carol. Her name Carol. was Carol. It yeah, wasn't my name. It was part of my name. <laughs> and and <laughs> I, I love how quick Micah is to investigate, see the things, right? Either she notices mm-hmm. the necklace on her neck and she notices the, the calling card, the card that's on the table. And the fresh flowers. Roll the by the door. She notices each thing, right? And Pete's like, oh, cookies. Although I don't think they had cookies there, but but still, she notices everything. And I love how you get to see, I mean, we've seen it in a couple episodes before this, but she actually for sure takes his gut feelings he has very seriously now.
2: Every time he has a vibe, she's like, what is it? What is it? what, What are you feeling? What is it this time? You know, she definitely takes him a lot more seriously with his vibes now. Right
1: we got a strong reaction from Pete at the beginning when they were going through the explanation of the Phoenix and that five firemen died reminder that yep. his dad Dead. was a fireman and died in the line of duty. So I was wondering the first time I watched it, I forgot that his dad was a fireman. I'm like, Whoa, that is a little overreacting. I watched it the second time. I'm like, you dumb, butt, SP, his dad was a fireman. That's why nope he's reacting. Yeah. He was, I mean, the strongest reaction. He was like, yep. I hope he burned in hell. Or you uh, he didn't say yeah. that, but that was the reaction that he gave. So there was that. And then the vibes about Artie continually through the episode, Around really the worrying episode. about Artie mm-hmm. forecasting what we see at the end with Artie in the transfer tube into the warehouse. 13 the umbilical or umbilicus. Yeah. It's
2: umbilicus. in the umbilicus. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Right before it explodes. So we're of course, left. he
2: does put his hand on something in his pocket. I, wh- I saw that in the last like s- second time I watched it. He sticks his hand yeah. in his pocket and holds on to something. I
0: feel so, it's coming.
1: If you're a guy and you know it's the end, ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, my, I thought. don't think
0: it's gonna help you. That's not gonna help you. It'll burn off. No, it might make you make feel right at the end.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, hey, I mean, I don't
0: even feel it coming. Literally. <laughs> at least
2: your last thought would be nice, right? <laughs>
1: Who knows what he's got in his bag, too? He didn't have his bag with him, but he, as they were descending to apprehend McPherson down the tube, he was being handed his bag by Pete or Mike. I don't now, know which one I'll it was. i you,
0: because I, if I remember correctly, I, because of Pete's vibes that he was getting about him the entire episode, I'm pretty sure that's why he has what he has in his pocket. Oh, you yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Because you never know, and, and McPherson obviously is good for it, right? Obviously, he doesn't care who he kills. So, yeah. you would think though, being the security minded person that I am, you would think that they would change up some protocols whenever they let someone right? go, right? Why would you leave the same key <laughs> right there for him to break into, to bust open like, in case of emergency, brick glass here, and he uses the right. same I'm like, why is it so readily available?
2: I mean, this is the warehouse that has the one button underneath the desk that Artie couldn't hit (laughs) when Claudia was there. The one security button, yeah. The one
0: button. I mean, this is that warehouse, so. I mean, like I said, obviously, he's tried to kill Artie a couple times. I mean, like, even back when they were in the warehouse with when they thought that Artie could have been you know, the bad guy, they thought, well maybe well she's a maybe maybe he's a McPherson. No, and then he pops up with a bomb in his mouth. I mean, obviously yeah. he doesn't care about Artie. Obviously.
2: Yeah, I liked uh, I like Pete's speech there. It's like yeah, that's not a very good recruitment tool where you're having a bomb in somebody's mouth. That's not a very good <laughs> recruitment tool. Exactly.
1: Saul must have been having a fun day on the set because he's got this ball, it's big Ball gag in his mouth, right, and he's got this chain to the ball, but he's also got a collar around his neck, right, and he's like shuffling, like he's all bound up and stuff. Basically, it's a little bit of BDSM. <laughs> I
0: guarantee you. I guarantee you, Eddie probably had a field date with that one. Oh man, can
2: you imagine the outtakes with that? Oh, I would did. love to see those.
0: That well, would you know, be they have great. To that one, but I didn't. I didn't watch him.
1: So you guys like solving puzzles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there were not one, but two. The the day? there were two puzzles that were solved. Come
0: on. You didn't even get that. Come on. Somebody had to get that. I did. I heard you. Okay. Thank you.
1: Don't <laughs> make me wear my shirt. I don't know. I was just running towards the puzzle thing and I had to get that out. So I was okay. just doing that.
0: Solving <laughs> puzzles. The day. One, okay. track. One, track. <laughs> one
2: track.
1: One track. One track. One track. One track. Oh my God. <laughs> there
2: is no veering.
1: My hands are not in my pocket. So I have to think about something else. <laughs> right. So Girl. there we go. Anyway, two puzzles that were solved. The first one was the necklace. Carol's necklace opened up the glass case, the right? Which gave the glass. We'll talk about the glasses. And then the second puzzle was using that box as the key to get into the wherever they were—the warehouse or whatever. The hole
0: that
2: opened up reminds the me ground. of an escape room, and you have to figure it out. Pretty much.
0: I sucked at that last year, but I was. I was gonna say I would die. <laughs> I didn't do well. I've only done one in my life, and it was a Jack the Ripper, and we did not do well.
1: I'm pretty sure I would have figured out the glass case, because it's okay. Two holes, and it looks like this necklace. I I would have figured that one out.
0: But of course, it's Micah that figures out, you know, hey, give me the glasses. Will you two shut up and just give me the glasses? And she, I loved how they were all like, oh, I can touch that. It's right in front of me. What is that? What freaked it's me the out Phoenix. was a little boy that out of nowhere is just like coming down this industrial parking lot all by himself and that'd be lovely. I know. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: as a young boy at one point in time myself, that's probably what I would have done. If I lived close enough to bike to it, I probably would have biked around this abandoned place because it's cool. And I can do everything. I have a production note on the glasses, by the way. You guys want to hear it? Go for it. Yes. The prop for the replica of Timothy Leary's glasses and later the real pair are the glasses of showrunner Jack Kenny.
0: Yeah, I knew that part. Oh, that's cool. They are his real pair of glasses. Yep, that's always cool. You know what? As a kid, I probably would have done the same thing and rode around in that parking lot. Now, as an adult, I would have felt like eyes were on me the entire time in those abandoned windows.
1: Probably. I had to Make sure, my gun is on my
0: hip or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, when you
3: were younger, you probably yep. didn't think about that. But it was cool to watch them solve that puzzle. Yeah. I like how they're going
0: down this thing. He's like, ladies first. And she's like, age before beauty. I <laughs> <And laughs> she, she looks at Pete. Yeah. But he's older than me. And,
2: and, and, then, and then you just hear your arty children. I'm working with children. <laughs>
0: Don't tilt it, my lunch is in there. Don't tilt it, my lunch is in <laughs> there. Out of all there. the other things he has in that Mary Poppins bag of, 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 of goodies and stuff, he has his lunch in there, too.
2: Yeah, when they first find the glasses, and the guy is in there, and he uses that goblet that is really loud and makes yeah. that sound, what was it called? The Goblet of Serebin. He
0: spins on on the rim.
2: Designed by a Roman. And then... He's like roaming around in his, in his big Mary Poppins bag to try to find something to help them hear again. And he finds a tuning fork. And he's like, here, put, close your eyes. And he has
0: to wang,
2: stick in the back of your head, pop your ears.
0: I can imagine that would be another funny behind the scenes kind of. Because, you know, they had fun with that too.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: I think I've tried that before. I took a tuning fork and then put it on the back of my head. I think that it resonates in your inner ear oh, cavity definitely. or something like that, so.
0: No, thank you. I've had enough there this year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're coming up on a year, though.
0: I am coming up on a year. It's I know. It's exciting. Wednesday, it, the 6th?
1: Yeah, well, about a month and a half. Because it was Christmas Eve, right? Yep. Yeah, the 24th. Almost here. Yeah, but the tuning fork it allows them to hear. the The bad guy gets away. Did the bad guy look familiar to you at all?
2: He did, but I couldn't place
1: him. The guy that played uh, was he the he Frittag, was a Russian Fritag or whatever William Fritag, the guy that was buying the Phoenix. Yeah, he probably looked familiar to you. He's, He's not. A daddy, Warbucks. Kinda. <laughs> He's not as famous as some of the other guest stars that we've had, but he's been in a lot. He has 129 acting credits since 1980. And here's a few that you probably have seen him in, but you probably wouldn't be able to place him in. So he was in four episodes of arrow from 2014 through 2016. He's been acting, like I said, since 1980 and the character that he played in Arrow was as I scroll to find it.
2: <laughs> this is where I tell you, oh, you're not, you're not ready. Uh, what? That's I'm ready.
1: Terrible. I got the I got the <laughs> webpage. Is Milo Armitage? So he was in four episodes of Arrow. 2014. His name is Milo. No, that's his character name. His oh, real so name what? is James Kidney.
3: Whoa. That's t- yeah. James Kidney.
1: Wow. It's spelled K-I-D-N-I-E. So it's not oh, Kidney. Okay. He was in a episode of Continuum. So I know you've seen him.
2: Ah, uh, That's probably where I know him from.
1: He's from two episodes of Fringe an episode of Smallville. A lot of single episodes, right? This single episode of Warehouse 13 and episode of Stargate SG-1. So I know Shannon's definitely seen him before. One episode of Earth Final Conflict, probably his biggest run on TV was this show I never touched, but it was from 1994 to 1995 called Free Willy. Free Willy, the show or the movie? movie. Yes, it was. There was a show, Free Willy? TV show, Free Willy, and he was in 16 episodes of it.
2: Wow. I didn't see that. I watched the movie. I mean, Taiko actually was at our aquarium here in Newport, but
1: so he was a secondary character and all the stuff he does. Pretty much six episodes of a show called RoboCop.
0: I didn't know these things became shows. The
2: eighties one, or oh, that was a movie. Yes. I, they made a movie. They made a TV
0: show on a RoboCop. Yes. I didn't know these things came. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was in one all episode right. of 21 Jump Street. One episode of MacGyver, one episode of War of the Worlds, and one episode of Airwolf. Those are probably some I of the shows. Yeah, oh my I know. gosh.
0: I you wonder know what show. I probably don't recognize them <laughs> from Stargate because he's probably one of the
1: aliens. Uh, let me see who he played in Stargate. I don't remember him being Airwolf. in.
2: I think I have that
1: ringtone on my phone. He was Soren in. That was the character that he played, Soren. He had what
3: ringtone? Airwolf. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. I have the uh, title on my phone as a ringtone if I wanted to use it. I love that show.
1: Yeah, it's about a minute long. I, I I got on a kick a few years ago of listening or watching all of the 80s themes, the intro themes that I remembered from a kid. And that was one of them. And I played like, I don't know, 15 different versions of it. And <laughs> it, it was a fun day, but I haven't Did seen it have since. Did a- you have the A-team in there? Oh, the A team, yeah. Got to have the fall guy. Oh, definitely the fall. They're making a new one.
0: I know it. I'm not going to do it. No, can't ruin, can't ruin it for me.
1: I mean, Miami Vice that was so iconic, and it was. I mean,
0: and then they ruined it. (laughs) Yeah, Uh
1: (sighs) yeah, but they didn't ruin this. I think if you weren't bought into Warehouse 13 yet, you did buy into Warehouse 13 now. I mean, even Mrs. Frederick was like, "Now I'm bad." Did you
0: notice that Mrs. Frederick had had gut feeling too at the end? Yeah, I know she did. She's like, "Turn around." If this would have yeah. been
1: canceled after this episode, I would have been oh. mad.
3: That would have been terrible.
2: If it was on Fox, it would have been. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, or, or you know, before DyFi became die-Fi.: this was back when right? sci Channel had good stuff. Right, this
2: was when sci-fi believed in their ep- believed in their shows. It was
0: still called sci-fi yeah. at the turn because they're towards the end of Warehouse 13. Did they change the whole sci-fi? Yeah, they changed spelling? it to
2: SYFY instead of S-C-I-F-I. I I remember that yeah. because
0: they did that about the same time that Sanctuary came out. Mm-hmm. Because you remember those commercials that they would do, and you'd have all the different characters yep. in inside the. I love those commercials, but you had Amanda tapping in one and, and Colin, whatever's them um, from Eureka. He, yeah. was, he was riding the Ferris wheel. I mean, not the Ferris wheel, uh, the carousel. Yeah. I love those. I loved those
2: commercials. They were great.
0: Yeah. And then they changed executives and all went.
1: Yeah, and I then they just went to horror headed there to begin with.
2: And wrestling for a time. Does <laughs> that make sense?
0: WWE McWhat's? Like,
1: I don't think they can afford it now because they have to pay roller for it. I don't think they can afford it. So they can't even have wrestling on.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying is why was wrestling even on sci-fi? I mean, what the heck?
1: Because it was a big draw. There's a lot of fandom to that. and Oh,
2: I get that. But what does it have to do with sci-fi at all?
1: Sean at had all? quite a large diatribe on it. He was able to connect wrestling because... Of the fantasy and the storytelling involved in the costumes. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Stupid. He had a it big thing. Uh, no. I don't watch it personally, but a lot of the friends that I have and co hosts on other podcasts do watch wrestling oh, and love there it. There
2: are some that are like fanatics about their wrestling, and
0: I just
3: can't. <laughs> you
0: know, the same way we're fanatic about sci fi. I mean, it's it, true. It's it's That's it's like I was same telling as- you earlier in the week. Whenever or maybe it was yesterday, I can't remember my days run together. But back when we used to love the Sci-Fi Channel, when the, we used to love the shows that came out before they started doing stupid things. I mean, we always loved the stuff. I mean, yeah, between Battlestar Galactica and Dark Matter and Stargate, Killjoys, Eureka, Defiance,
1: Warehouse 13. I like most of the space stuff. There was some of the space stuff that I didn't enjoy as much like Killjoys. I did not like as much as dark matter, for instance. Yeah. I watched it all the way to the end and that was it. I think that was the last show when that ended. Then I stopped watching anything on Skiffy.
2: I think I did too. I don't think there was anything after that, or if there was, I didn't start it because I just knew that they were going to cancel it. And I didn't want to get involved. I didn't want to get invested in something. They were just going to cancel within like, two seasons
1: <laughs> back to the episode here. Claudia gets duped. Oh my, I feel for Claudia. Oh. It, for, if she had my favorite scene in this episode, just like your scene, Shannon, it was a different one though. It was, it was when she was arguing of, Hey, I could take care of myself. I was magnetized to the ceiling and I was ground up in the gooey oh, right yeah. in front of Mrs. Frederick. And she was like, <laughs> I will stay here with Claudia, and she will brief me we on those two events. Time. And then she, yeah, you can do- she gulped. You she, can hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
2: you can just see Artie's face like,
3: no,
1: no don't, don't say, say that. Bro, don't bro. say that.
2: I, I didn't, didn't
3: tell that. that. Don't say anything. I didn't do. You're going to talk about Artie's eyes board. get really huge.
0: Claudia's like, why are, you- why-? why are you shaking your head that way? Why are you shaking your head that way? But you know what, you're right, that Claudia she not only she got duped, but she got the short end of the she, very uh, long yeah. stick on this episode because you get you where she they, they accuse her of being the traitor because she had that big moment, right? Remember she had the big moment where she's like, Lena, who is this guy right here? No, this is the professor from, from Josh's school or and then she finds out that Pearson's been playing her the entire he time.
2: She gave Joshua the compass.
0: Yeah.
1: Lena When was she replaced? Because I think she was replaced this whole episode because she was framing Claudia from the beginning in in this episode. If you go back and rewatch it, you're like, oh, that's what her bad feeling about Claudia is. She's she's casting doubt on Claudia the whole time. Claudia is feeling bad because she's been duped by McPherson to begin with. And then secondly, that nobody's believing her. They're like, oh, you're bad, Juju, or whatever. You're not joining the team. And oh, you, you're not whatever. And then she sends her to the b basically. And then Claudia's like, I'm out, peace. And then...
2: Well, actually, it was, uh, it was... Well, Lena was casting doubt, yes. But Claudia actually sent herself to the B&B because she's like, I'm the Manchurian candidate or something like that as she screams out the door. And she's she's feeling bad. And then Mrs. Frederick thinks she's the sleeper agent like she doesn't even know she's a sleeper agent. So we get that thought in our head of you may not even know you're a sleeper agent because McPherson is that good. He makes you doubt yourself. But so I think it was no one knew. And at that point in time, if you go back and watch it after you've seen the whole thing, you're like, oh, they planted that in your brain.
0: Right there. So now who's the real sleeper agent?
2: And I don't think Lena actually even knew she was a sleeper agent. I don't think she knew this whole time that she was doing these things. She doesn't. I think when she got switched out of the nice Lena that we know into the Lena that releases McPherson in the end... Is when he said those words. Oh you brought me a present or something like. Oh don't forget our arrangement. He said something like that. To her and her face kind of changed. If you watched it her face kind of changed. Yeah. And I think that's when he switched her to. The bad Lena. Which is sad because I really like the Lena that
0: she, she was. She doesn't even know right now. Because I mean that. that It, it gets discovered later on in, in season two. But you still don't know why. And she doesn't know yet either. Yeah. But- because he had her do another task. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, from
2: Artie clicking on a link where Claudia, in the beginning, she's like, "Don't click on that."
3: Touching Artie.
1: Artie should know better than to click on something like that. I mean, he's king of cybersecurity to begin with. Although, yep. I mean, king of cybersecurity by just changing out components, and that's the way to trace somebody's IP address back. <laughs> Remember that from the beginning of the season? <laughs> yeah. No. But that gives the appearance anyway within the confines of the show that he's an IT expert, right? And for him to click mm-hmm. on a li- a simple link like that, it's like so yeah.
2: well, when it comes to McPherson, really all of his brain power
3: gets sort of, he gets wired of vision. Wrong. He gets a ton of vision that he that he lets the simple things. Yeah. Like- and then Claudia. Claudia's
0: like, oh no. <laughs> I fix you it. You touch it, you die. Yep.
2: She's like, I hacked your, I hacked your super secret vill in the first place. Don't think I can't fix it.
1: <laughs> oh, when when the warehouse goes into lockdown, that's pretty impressive. All those, yeah. the, the armor size panels, whatever, mm-hmm. coming up and just really quick. And those are big panels. The warehouse is not a small place. Those are huge panels, and they're moving really and quickly. How
0: are they powered by?
1: I don't know. See, now we're
0: thinking the of <laughs> now I'm getting. Not that it really matters because it looks cool, right? But now we're getting into the part like Sean used to always. The, the girls used to watch this cartoon. It called Bubble Guppies, and he'd be like, "And how <laughs> are these? How are these little fish having like airplanes on water?" I'm like, "It's a cartoon. No one cares. Leave it be." So I don't know how those how those panels move. They go pretty fast. They did. They didn't have a single glitch. There's no chains involved somewhere. I mean, somewhere. it is the
2: warehouse. It's so magical, right? It's it's magic. But it's also... You just have to go with its magic.
0: It, well, you do because also you, the, the warehouse knows. The warehouse knows it's in danger. So it's trying... Because you got to remember the warehouse is a, is a self-aware entity. It knows that it's in danger. It knows that McPherson is putting it in danger. So... You would think it would try to, you know, control the door and let Artie back in for something. But, you know.
1: You would think it would be able to control the bronze sector a little bit, too, by the way.
0: (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: Which this is our introduction to the bronze sector.
2: Yep. It is. Because it's not in the manual. That Pete said he's going to read over the weekend. He
0: promised. Of course, it was
1: taken straight out of the Empire Strikes Back. But we'll leave that alone.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, you could bring it in. It's exactly the same thing. It is. It is. I mean, you know, they copy things. Just like I was telling you last time, the Hill in Kanto movie copied. I've watched that thing so many times now. I'm like, it is such a warehouse thirteen Disney movie. It's uh, it, that's what it is. That's what it is, is.
2: Have you seen it yet, SP? Did you watch it?
1: No, I did it not watch is. it. Ah, I, oh, I did not favorite. watch it because I did not want to do what you ladies are telling me to do. I'm actively resisting. Resistance is futile. Maybe, but I'm going to play the strong man. No, I don't want to see it. You can't make
0: me. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I, mean, I-, I mean, there's a really
3: strong woman in it, so. Eh, a couple okay. of them.
1: It, I can't be manipulated. It carries donkeys. Yeah.
0: It there's donkeys. no donkey
1: that's better than the donkey in Shrek. I mean, that is the quintessential <laughs> donkey. very true.
3: I'm making waffles. Not A single
0: waffle was made. (laughs) Everybody loves waffles.
1: (laughs) Oh, by the way, the director for this episode was Steven Sergik. We talked about him before. He's directed Claudia, my previous to this episode, favorite episode. We haven't done that in a while. My favorite episode is now McPherson, just because of the cliffhanger and everything, the stories being brought together and everything like that. So Steven Sergik did it, and he's done a lot in Geekdom. We talked about him before. And he's doing things like The Witcher and The Umbrella Cap Academy and Lost in Space now for Netflix. So he has continued on with his greatness, including other good things that he's done in the past. Uh, an episode of The X-Files, we talked about that before. Person of interest, stuff like that. X-Files. It was written by the mm-hmm. showrunner. Do you guys remember who the showrunner is? I mean, we talked about him earlier.
0: Kenny?
1: Jack Kenny, yep. Yeah,
0: Jack Jack Kenny.
1: Yeah, so this is one of 8 episodes that he wrote and the third of season 1, so we will see episodes that he wrote again. And we talked about the notable main cast guest James Kidney and really that was it. I mean there's other people there were other guest stars but he was really the the one that was the most notable unless you want to call like Roger Rees as james mcpherson i think
0: roger reese has been in a lot of things
1: oh yeah he we talked about him in his first episode yeah but the new one was james kidney i
0: think he's passed now
1: you might be right
0: i think he's passed away now
1: Hmm. anyway that's all i got there did we get any cookies i think we talked about that already no cookies there
3: was not even any food there
2: was not even any food in this one. So, no. No cookies and no food. They were
0: too busy I- accusing. There was no briefing. It was just, okay, we've got no. the stuff. I mean, I, I like that, you know... No, we didn't even see it there either. Because the moment they picked him up... No. A- an interesting
2: part was when uh, they were all outside the warehouse, and they were going to bring McPherson inside the warehouse to bronze him, and... uh in order to get him inside the warehouse so his blood doesn't boil, even though Artie wanted to test it out, around Mrs. Frederick's neck... That's where she's kept was all these some years. crystals, the crystal I can't remember what they were called. They were crystals. And that neutralized the, ass, the stuff in his, in his blood. And you hear, you hear McPherson go, that's where they've been. So he's been actively trying to search for these... Well, yeah. Stones, the crystals, so that he, he can get have into found the him, warehouse. He
0: wouldn't need all the little tricks he was doing. He wouldn't need to leave. Yep.
1: I believe it was called a crystalline diamond necklace, and it contained a trace element of palladium, and ah. that neutralizes the panite.
2: Big word. Yeah. I thought Harriet's Tubman's uh, thimble was
1: pretty cool. Uh, I are Oh. That, yeah, was, a that sto- was a cool history.
0: That's the second time we saw it in the first in the same episode.
1: Yeah, the f- the story behind it was pretty neat. Where they yeah. were talking about her stitching the clothes together for the uh, the the slaves and and the uh, Underground Railroad. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. So how? So I was trying to figure out how this happened because it looked like the f- person that had it was Pete. Because he took it off the bodyguard. And then he must have had it in his pocket. And But how did Lena get it? Maybe because when they were putting things away? I'm not sure. I was trying to figure out how Lena even got
0: a hold of it. That's a good question. Because, because-
2: she had a hold of it.
0: Exactly. Because when they left the warehouse with, with McPherson, Pete had it.
1: Yep. I was watching Pete... Both times I watched the episode at the end where he was going through the warehouse with the crate on the, the cart with all the crates. I'm like, no. yep, what is, is he just going back to business as usual or whatever? And the only thing I could think of is when they nabbed McPherson, there were all those crates from the warehouse that he was yep. actually returning.
2: Yeah, because that's what Lena came down and told them all when they were going to bronze. <laughs> so funny. Pete's like, but
3: I want to watch this. When's this going to happen again?
2: <laughs> so something. it was funny, <laughs> but uh, when they came down, then Lena came down, and that's when she said all of the stuff from the warehouse has been brought back. Do you want to
3: help? Do you, would would you
0: help me well, put it away? Unless Lena was digging in Pete's pocket for that thump, for that thimble, which I doubt. I don't know. I think that the continuity kind of slipped a, slipped right there because I don't know how she got it.
2: Well, I mean, I guess it's just magic. We're just supposed to believe it happened. Magic. <laughs>
1: sure. Were there any other quotes that you wrote down, Carolyn?
3: Um, I've said
2: some of them. Oh, it was Pete when he was, uh, when he was listening to McPherson's speech on how he should join McPherson because the vibes that he gets are he knows that stuff in the warehouse should be out in the world and not by kept by some regents who have no idea what they're doing and uh pete was like you know that was a great speech and it sounded even
0: better with an accent yeah how's it going
1: roger has a great accent <laughs>
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. mike is not buying any of it since you know he used the he came after her mom and dad the other one uh i
2: had down was uh Pete saying that uh,
3: here, let me have those glasses. I look great in glasses. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Or the Claudian Claudianometer. The Claudianometer.
0: Claudiometer. I can't say that. Yeah, That's something Claudi- that she put in there. Claudiometer.
2: Claudiometer. Claudiometer.
0: Yes. Got a new word. All in all, I thought this was a cool episode. I think it's a great ending to the season. I mean, look how far we've come this season. Mm-hmm. Look how far where we started with the magic care comb at the college.
1: You know, the very first episode <laughs> kind of reminds me of the pilot episode of Stargate SG one. you have Samantha Carter, you know, mouthing off at the briefing table, or whatever, which is totally not the Samantha Carter that we get at the end of Stargate SG one, right? SG-1, right? About
0: reproductives yeah. on the outside.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Ka- Micah kind of goes through that transformation here a little bit too. in the season one,
0: yeah.
1: and, I know she continues on after that, but yeah, I'll give credit for the character development of both those characters, Samantha Carter and, and Micah, in the two respective yeah. shows. I think we're there because, as you mentioned, I think when we were covering the first few episodes, that Micah was meant not to be liked in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm.
0: She wasn't meant, she was meant to be a tight ass, she was always bossy. She was always upset about something and she took everything so serious, she couldn't light up because she was so worried about her reputation from Colorado. She was so worried about what was going to be in the record for what happened with Sam. She didn't want to be with another partner that didn't take things serious because she had already lost somebody Mm -hmm. to a serious situation. So you were not meant to like Micah at first. And I would say it took about three episodes, maybe four, before you started getting to see her relax around pete and and I think really the episode where she changed her feelings about and I can't remember the name of it, but it was when the 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 thing got on the metal thing got on his back, yeah, oh, yeah, when
1: the, she's the like, bug. "I can't
0: lose another partner, I can't lose another one and that yep. to me where the the turning point was for her when she actually found a partner instead of just being. Saddled up with an idiot guy that she couldn't take serious. That man child. The man child. Well, he stays a man child throughout the entire series, but still. Oh, so, so she, much. She can tolerate him better now, but she still, Pete could be dumb, or I mean, not dumb. He could be like a man child a lot, but when it's time to get serious, he gets serious and she knows he has her back. So, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So, he didn't like her much to begin with either. But here we are at the end of the season and now you have this partnership that has been grown because I've seen some crazy things be- along the way so far. <laughs> that you really can't explain to you anyone else explain. and you have to be so, there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I like like you said, I like the development but, but you weren't, you mm-hmm. were not mo- meant to like her. But now you get to see the flaws that she has, the reasoning behind the reasons that she was so, so uptight.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But being around the family that she has now, mm-hmm. she doesn't have to be so closed off around everyone now. So uh, I think that there's yeah. niche of a family going on here.
1: So Carolyn, we've given our favorite moments, Shannon and I. What was your favorite moment of the episode?
3: In this one? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: who's not prepared now?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come on, spit it out. Well, you we have so many.
2: I mean, I liked the the part that that you talked about, SP, where she where Claudia was like gulp.
1: <laughs> that was my favorite.
2: That was pretty hilarious. Just already digging around in his in his bag, trying to find the thing that's going to help them here again, and. Both Pete and Micah are trying to scream at each other and hear each other, but their hearing is all foobarred from that the glass. That was pretty funny. They just keep going at each other. And they pre- they just, they like talk really a lot louder, like they're going to hear
3: each other again. Like children.
2: Well, and just, Pete had some great, like, one-liners. It reminded me of, kind of dated the the show. When you hear Pete talk about the people that get bronzed, you know, like Hitler and I forget who else he named. And then he named mm-hmm. Michael Vick. <laughs> he
1: named the, Michael Vick. Dated the show <laughs> it, a little bit there. Dated
2: yeah. the show a bit because I was like, Michael Vick. Oh, my God. I remember that whole thing. It was kind of funny just to hear that part.
1: And not a bad name drop considering what he was accused of doing at the time, especially right? if you were an animal lover. Right. But exactly. still, I mean, it's not like we're talking about him on a daily basis anymore.
2: No, his name's never mentioned. But, you know, kind of like you had to be there. You understood who that was at that point in time. There were
0: things throughout the entire series that you could tell that X-Files did this a lot. But sometimes Stargate did also. But you would see things in the news and then all of a sudden they would talk about it the next season or whatever. Things oh, yeah, that happened. definitely. So I mean it was it was common, I think, for Warehouse to
1: For Stargate SG one, they did try to actually link it with the United States Air Force. Mm-hmm. The chief of staff of the United States Air Force was in at least one episode of Stargate SG one, the actual standing really? chief of staff of the Air Force. Yeah. Well
2: that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: He acted very poorly, but just like a I would imagine general kind of i mean he wasn't screaming or anything he was kind of wooden. and everything it definitely did not have extensive acting chops but it was him he was there so that's
3: cool
2: i did like you know there were several star wars references as far as pete kept saying i got a bad feeling about this kind of thing and i'm yeah. like hmm.
3: You got to be ready Star Wars
2: references,
1: especially with The Empire s- Strikes Back. With the bronzing, right? The
0: with the bronzing, holds his hands and the way turns his, his hands are up this... in the air. I'm like, exactly. yeah, that's totally it.
2: Of course, it, it cracks me up. You see all the other ones standing around there, wrapped wrapped in saran wrap. They're like people standing around with their hands in the air, wrapped in saran wrap. And I'm like, what's with the saran wrap? They're already wrapped in bronze. What do they need the <laughs> saran wrap for?
0: <laughs> How are they
2: going to fall? they're fine, and there's just like random people
0: standing throughout the bronze area, like well, you know, I, I liked how we passed the next one that you're going to see, but but I liked how you talked about you know, I think it was our, I think it was Pete that said, are these the people that's done horrible things, and he's like, or the people that's going to be doing horrible things or that would have yeah. done horrible things that would have done horrible things, yes, they said, didn't they see Mugini I mean uh, um. What's his name? What's his name? Italian.
3: Mussolini? Okay. I don't know where you're going. Oh my god.
0: The the guy that was bronzed. The other Hitler. In Italy.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: I'm close to his name. I'm just not pronouncing
1: it. He was the Italian
0: version of Hitler. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I don't remember that one, but
0: there was um, it's not
1: right. Himmler. It, it's, yeah, it's Mussolini. Benito Mussolini. Muss-
0: Mussolini.
1: M U S S O L I N I. I just
0: kept want to say Houdini, I'm like that is not right. <laughs>
1: I mean, Italy in World War Two gets flipping sides, left, right, and backwards. You know, it's yeah, whatever. We had to fight him in World War Two to root him out, but yeah. Italy was like, yeah, can we join the allies now? I'm like, Yeah, sure. The answer should be no. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's Tuscany, which, you know, Americans love to visit, and Venice, and, you know, there's some I've places. i
0: never visited these places.
1: Besides, there's a lot of Italians in the United States. Yes.
0: Oh, a whole bunch of them.
1: You don't want to piss them off.
3: New York. Oh, can you imagine? That would be
1: dangerous. All right. I did not see any feedback, by the way. Did either of you two get any feedback? No. No emails. No. Nothing on that. No. We need emails, people. Where are emails? I was thinking, you guys don't want to call it X, right?
2: No. The app formerly known as Twitter? I'm just going to say Twitter.
1: I think you need to call it 10 now. 10? Just call it 10. If you don't like X, call it 10.
0: How about just Twitter. I just call it Twitter. I, I mean, I know that's the Roman numeral, numeral, but whatever. It's it's just Twitter.
1: I'm going to call it 10. Instead of saying okay. it's the X, I'm going to say on the 10.
0: You're going to put it on Dr. the pepper in front of that? On the app formerly known as Twitter?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say on the 10. you to put
0: pepper in front of it, and then it's, then it's okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes our coverage of season one of Warehouse 13. I think it's been a rousing success for us to be able to get to this point. <laughs> so I'll call it a win. Next time, which will be next week, we are going to start our coverage of Season 2. Unfortunately, we will take a rather large break in the middle of our coverage as I take a hiatus from podcasting through the New Year's from Thanksgiving, United States Thanksgiving to New Year's. But we will catch the first two episodes of Season 2. And next week, we will catch the season to premiere episode time will tell uh, Shannon here's my infamous question to you that I've been asking every single episode and you want it? okay she knows <laughs> it in advance the Amazon description <laughs> reads in the season two premiere we pick up right where we left off McPherson has blown Artie to smithereens and disappeared is Lena really a traitor where has Claudia gone how will Pete, Micah, and the warehouse fare without Artie? What other havoc did McPherson wreak when he was alone in the warehouse? And is there yet a new villain on the horizon? Oh? Bunch of questions.
0: That's a yes and no, but yes and no, yeah.
3: Next
2: week. Tune in next week. Same bat well, it, time. It,
0: it's a prettier villain, I can just tell you that, but... <laughs>
1: And villain. I don't know. I mean villain villain. <laughs> really? I
2: don't think. I mean kind of turned out to be the same kind of villains like in Dark Matter. They weren't really villains and like in Continuum they didn't actually end up being villains. There
1: were some villains in Continuum but not oh, yes. all of them.
3: Not all of them. Misunderstood, Definitely. Carolyn was it yesterday
0: or was it this afternoon that oh the I think it was yesterday. Were we would do Dark Matter stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. I think that was
0: yesterday. Yeah,
2: it was yesterday.
0: Yeah. yeah uh, that on was the just... 10, right? On the on, 10. On Twitter? Yes, on, on the 10.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, the that Twitter. was such a good
0: season. I, I like that episode between the two because you thought all the time that they might have been villains and they were running from someone and then they had a reason for it. Yeah. They had so
1: much more potential for I that episode. Yeah. So if you want to leave us feedback, you can catch either of these two on the 10 at Ocean 363 for Carolyn and at Sci-Fi Girl for Shannon. That's S-Y-F-Y-G-U-R-L. Or if you like to email, you can email Shannon directly at Warehouse13FanCast at gmail.com. That's Warehouse13, the number one, three, FanCast at gmail.com. One more time so you remember it, Warehouse13FanCast. At gmail.com.
2: Well, what if they want to, like, tweet at you, SP? Where do they find you?
1: I'm not on Twitter. I'm on the 10.
2: Uh, Well, where do they find you on the 10?
1: At Stargate Pioneer.
3: There you go. Okay, we're not leaving you out. The 10. He's on the 10. He's on the 10.
1: I'm on the 10. (laughs) I'm hanging 10. On the 10. Oh, Here (laughs) we go. You just
0: think of hanging tough. Oh, my God. New kids. How so are you. Right. You, you see, they're coming back. I'm like, yeah, you see these old men out there. Like, I did. <laughs> I'm like, no,
1: no. Not exactly a boy band anymore. All right. That's it.
2: band. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's that's a lot of them nowadays. But for now, that's it for this week. I'm signing off. I'm the janitor SP. I'm a
0: sci-fi girl. See you guys i 363.
1: Bye, guys. Stay tuned. Next week, we might have a special guest. Cool. Oh. Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Addict Warehouse 13 Fancast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at Gmail. Com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out LoneWolfPodcasts.com. The intro music is Sci-Fi Hybrid Intro by SoundMake, and the outro music is Science Fiction by Tunes2Go. Both were purchased on Pond5.com.
0: I took her and her friend. Paid $138 for this stuff. Dang! What? To go into a haunted house? It was Well, it was a haunted house and the theme was zombies. So you got to ride around in a school bus that all the windows had been taken out. It was customized. But okay. and it had long bench seats in it, but they had paint guns mounted to the side of it.
1: Uh. So
0: you uh, each got 200 rounds.
1: Okay, now uh, the price is making sense. Now, yeah. making sense. Now it makes
0: sense. But they were, I'm thinking, okay, well, there's just like targets out, out in, you know, in the
1: middle of the field. Nope, there was live people. Why would you put a target out in the middle of the field? Don't you have a parking lot around it?
3: Uh, Why would you volunteer no, to be
2: no, the no,
1: person no. that gets so,
3: shot? Exactly, but they did it.
1: Is it a super target? ha! <laughs> you funny?
0: Oh, jeez. But there were some kids in front of us that were 10. I'm like, so so you could have done it. It wasn't that scary. He was still scared. I give it like a, again, I gave it a two. I mean, it had an outside maze. Not a whole lot of people were jumping out at you. I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't wouldn't be something I would pay money for again. But that's because it was here and didn't. And I didn't have to go far. When she gets a little bit older, I'm going to make her go to what they call the Cutting Edge, which is rated number five in the United States here in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. So I've been going to that one since I was in high school.
1: That is a pretty impressive one. Okay. I was thinking there's a dearth of good haunted houses around you. So I'm thinking, you know, I sense a business opportunity for Shannon here.
3: (laughs) And
1: direct her own haunted house experience
3: hmm That's a good idea.
4: And I hate to be the one to do this because I, I, I really, you know, I'm not really into it. But uh, there was a huge, uh, say, uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth over the whole uh, wrestling thing on mm-hmm. sci-fi. And actually, I was having to explain this to Shannon the other day. Uh, it came on after uh, I think they were doing some kind of uh, uh, sanctuary marathon. <laughs> and after it was wrestling, you know, because they like, had it what all. What the
1: hell? She's like, what the f? You know, we could have had like three more episodes of,
4: of Sanctuary. Even if the reruns would still be better. I don't know why Probably it's not was on sci-fi. Those, uh... I'm like, look, if you, really, if you really, if you really want to know why wrestling, why they even looked into this, is uh, especially like the WWE, WWF stuff. Wrestling is essentially a live action comic book.
1: Uh, it has. <laughs>
4: it is. It has characters and the heroes, and they all have you know their superpowers are condensed down into moves. You know, oh, it's the blood hammer, and you know, it, it's they. But it's all a stage show and a a bunch of super. It's like if the Justice League worked out and had attitude problems. That is the <laughs> the whole thing with the wrestling thing. And it does kind of fit, you know, it is that kind of weird vibe and it's, uh, you know, people running around in costumes and characters and, and doing this show for everybody that everybody gets into. I can see how, if you, strictly yeah. speaking, how you could put it in a fantasy sci-fi type role.